Welcome to the Contractor's Best Friend podcast. I'm your host, Brad Humphrey. Today we're brought to you by 4constructionpros.com and sponsored by Caterpillar. We're joined in the studios today once again with Jason Hurtis. He is our product expert on the quarry and aggregates equipment. Also with Lonnie Fritz will be joining us from heavy and highway construction equipment. And also Scott Hageman, who's going to be our expert on great technology equipment. Guys, it's always good to have you in the studios. We also have a guest joining us again today, and his name is Chris Seeger. Chris is head of fleet and uh, compliance and DOT issues for a company called PaveCon, a large commercial contractor out of the Dallas, Texas area. They have about nine locations. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Brad. Great to be here. All right. This is kind of going to be a fun podcast in a lot of ways. You know, one of the things, you know, we're sponsored by Caterpillar, but we've never really done a podcast, guys, on just what are you guys asking? I mean, what are some of the the most consistent or most often heard questions coming from uh, contractors around the United States? And certainly Chris represents the contractors to a great degree and, and uses some of the Caterpillar family of equipment. So I'd like to go ahead and kick this off, and, and let me start off with safety, kind of a soft uh, skill side so compared to some of the uh, equipment issues. But we all know the importance of safety, and we've talked about it. But one of the questions that comes up, actually, there are a couple questions, but you know, have you guys seen evidence of fatigue in the operations that you visit? What are some of the good ways that we can change the culture around this topic? I mean, those are questions coming from and maybe questions we might even ask contractors. Lonnie, start off, how are we seeing safety and some of the issues dealing with safety that we might be able to assist contractors with? Safety should be front of mind. A majority of contractors out there, customers alike, put safety front of mind. You'll see all kinds of slogans, incentive programs. Put your suggestions in here. I used to work for a contractor that we were incentivized if we came to them with a safety idea. Uh, Name went in a hat and that turned into cash. It is very important as always trying to keep operators fresh throughout their shift, keeping them as alert as possible. And then how does that fall on the shoulders of us as equipment manufacturers? What kind of bells and whistles and technology can we put in the machines to alert an operator. We do a great job with the driver safety system, the DSS we call it here, primarily in those rigid frame off-highway trucks in the mines that's reading the eye movement, providing audible alarms, you know, vibration in the seat, different things. Cameras is everything now, you know, usually led by the automotive industry. We're putting more and more cameras on our machines, you know, 360 vision. So a lot of different things that are being brought to the market to try to drive down operator fatigue, provide them more information at just a quick turn of their head to look at a monitor or to hear an audible alarm. Yeah. Chris, in your line of work as a contractor, what are some things that you may be doing right now with either operators or drivers as it relates to safety that maybe other contractors should consider doing themselves? We have a great driver bonus program for our DOT drivers. We really encourage them. And, you know, like Lonnie was saying, we offer a bonus if they pass a clean DOT inspection. But that's definitely something that we've been trying to figure out for the field side. How do we incentivize these guys for for safe practices on the job site? It was interesting to hear about bringing safety topics or safety ideas um, gives a cash bonus. I think that's a great, great takeaway for me to look into. Awesome. Jason, you or Scott, do you guys have some thoughts on that? I know you guys are dealing with a different area of the equipment world, but at the same time, safety is still a big deal. 
Yeah, it definitely is. For the quarry segment, usually you start at, oh, dark 30, you know, and then you work an eight, 10 hour day. That's without overtime on a Saturday or Sunday. And one of the things I always bring up with customers is don't forget that the people aren't done when they leave your site. Right. You know, there's a two hour, two and a half hour, three hour commute each way, sometimes depending on traffic. You got to take that into account too, that if you tell me you want to start at three o'clock in the morning, for some people, that's a 1 a.m. wake up call. And if you're done at nine, 10 o'clock at night, you know, that's one o'clock, you're rolling back into the house. So you got to look at it holistically from an employee standpoint. The incentives, I think, are good. Um, the safety drop boxes, you still see those. I think they're still effective. They need to be managed and utilized, you know, empower the employees to help them help themselves and to help the company as well. Awesome. Scott, can you tag on anything else? Yeah, if you're using 3D technology, Brad, you can actually put some device limits out there. So you can go ahead and in your design, you can say that this is an avoidance zone and I don't want this machine to get in this avoidance zone and you can set a distance. So if you're a far distance away, nothing happens. But as you get closer, it starts to warn you. And then the closer you get, the, the warning gets a little bit louder. And then honestly, if you would get into that area that you're not supposed to, it actually geotags that. Yeah. So it goes ahead and it records that you got in there. And that's good for both safety aspects of using as example, but also then you can tell who was in that area if you have multiple subs on your job. One of the things I know you do with, with safety, but how receptive do you feel that your drivers have been to some of the safety technology that you've tried to bring to the organization? Overall, I think we have a really good safety culture here. We recently installed 90 dash cameras in our DOT trucks, and I was really worried that we'd have some kickback and a lot of people that just were not interested in them. I was really surprised. It seemed like there was one or two people at every division that kind of stood up and said that for us, it's going to make us safer. And it really is. You know, it's not only protecting us from other people out there, we're also able to use that to help train our drivers and educate our drivers and really push safety. That's awesome. Let's move to another category, operator features. One of the things, I know there's several questions that, that, that evolve around that are often asked, um, you know, Caterpillar, what controls maybe are more efficient, single axis control or pilot hydraulic controls? Are, are there controls that are more critical for this process than others? If you guys dealt with that before? Uh, we get asked that question a lot, especially with wheel loaders, because that's usually where those two types of controls are the most prominent. Yeah. And just for clarification, the single axis controls are, you know, where you have independent levers for your boom and bucket over on your right pod. Um, and pilot controls are you have a single joystick that you have to maneuver around for your boom and bucket technologies. It kind of comes down to operator preference and also application. We have found and heard from operators from numerous studies that in a high production environment, the single axis levers are faster and more efficient to use. The operator runs those with the tip of their fingers and they know I'm booming up. This one's for the bucket. This one's for the boom. I know this feel. I know how much pull I have to get me exactly what I want to clear the rail of the truck. With the pilot controls, it's a little bit more movement of the wrist and the feedback and the feel we hear from operators is not quite as sensitive as the feel from a single axis control. Awesome. Any variation on that, Lonnie, that you can add anything you tag on with? Yeah, similar to the points Jason just made, there is uh, when you look at motor graders with our joysticks that control the machine, you get a left hand and a right hand joystick taking away the antler racks and reaching out for those levers. So ergonomically, 
significant advancements in this innovation and technology. The inputs are a fraction of what they are with the antler rack versus everything at your fingertips. And like I said, significant reduction in fatigue. And when you look at technology features, we don't bring technology just to look at profitability and accuracy and all those things, but it really feeds into the, again, the ergonomic environment. Just talk specifics here a minute, like a cat grade with a slope assist on a dozer, you're looking at up to 82% fewer operator inputs. And a lot of that is from the controls as well as the technology when you marry the two together. Awesome. Scott, one of the questions that comes in is, does Caterpillar offer features on their next generation hydraulic excavators that improves operator efficiency? Yeah, I think there's a couple different ways we can look at this. One would be we got rid of the pilot hydraulics and we have EH, so electronic controlled hydraulics. Not only do you have a, a little faster feedback, you also don't have all the heat that's underneath that seat with all the hydraulic valves that we used to have before. So it doesn't seem like anything major unless you're an operator and you're sitting in there for 8, 10, 12 hours a day. And just that difference in that temperature is going to help you there with the new hydraulic excavators from Caterpillar. So features of controllability definitely improve, but there's another aspect of just getting rid of some of that heat there in the cab. Yeah. Hey, Brad, I got a quick question for these guys. You know, I was out at our concrete batch plant a couple of weeks ago and I noticed our wheel loaders rolling around there and I just noticed a lot of wheel slippage and when he's loading. And I know Caterpillar offers some different traction aids and payload options. I just wonder if they could speak to that a little bit. I can probably help you with that one, Chris. There's a couple different traction aids in the market. Your basic level, if you will, is what's called an open differential. So there's really no tractive effort other than the tread of the tires to the ground and its uh, representative rim polar rolling resistance. Then there's limited slip axles, which are very much like automotive. It senses wheel slip and it sends power to the non-slipping wheel. The reason it has the word limited is still about 30% of that power transfer is still on the slipping wheel. And then the last option is diff lock. And much like it sounds, once that's engaged, it fully welds or locks up that axle. So both tires are pulling in the same direction with the same torque transfer and the same effective rim pull or traction to the ground. And most people ask, okay, those are the three. What application do I want? Which and which is best? And it really is a function of the slopes and the grades on your operation. The underfooting of the operation, are you on concrete? Are you on wet concrete most of the time, like in a transfer station? Is it gravel? That would all make a difference in your choice. My recommendation for most people in wheel loader applications at a very minimum is do some type of traction aid in the front because that'll help you load the bucket. Um, that'll help you transport when you're fully loaded. And then, you know, you can run an open differential in the rear or at least match what you have in the front to keep it simple and easy on the operator and as well as parts and maintenance and everything else. Lonnie, do you have anything you might add from some of the equipment I know that you're involved with? got to have some similar issues that you got to deal with. The machines today, I like to say, are more fully featured than ever before. And that's not to intimidate customers or operators alike, but I would just share is to fully understand the machine. You know, if Chris slides a motor grader underneath of you or a dozer, it's back to the operation and maintenance manual understanding 
the features of it, how they can best serve your needs, its operator training, because there's a lot of things in there you may not be aware of. I always go back to the smartphone. Yeah. Just Google one time 10 things you don't know about your smartphone. And it's impressive features that you really could use that you're not aware of. Do your homework, do your education, and be able to, at the end of the day, come out more energized after your shift and giving your employer the maximum productivity that you can and in the safest manner. Absolutely. Guys, I hate to cut us off, but we're getting close up to that end line there. Chris, can you join us for another round? I can. All right, guys, let's come back and pick it right up with maybe looking at the right machine for the job as we get into part two. If you've been listening to this podcast, first of all, thank you. And second of all, join us on some other podcasts. In fact, you might go to fourconstructionpros.com where you'll find literally almost a library of uh, 40, 50 or more podcasts that we've done over the last few years. And a lot of good information there, as you heard today. And we're just getting started on this new topic. And you might find us popping up on some of your favorite podcast sites elsewhere. We also have a few authors now. Jason has written, Lonnie written, Scott, myself. We all write articles and have contributed to so many good magazines and some of the industry needs here for education. So check us out there. We're always here to help you. Hey, thank you for joining us. Don't miss part two. We'll be back to be able to share with you some of the top questions, uh, frequently asked questions, not only by our customers for CAT, but also maybe some questions we have for you. And that's why we have Chris Seeger with us and representing contractors. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Want more tips from Caterpillar experts? Go to cat.com and select the construction industries page.